0: focus on what makes you feel better because you're not going to need motivation if you're doing something that makes you feel the best.
1: Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Olivia or Coach Liv? Ooh, good question. You can call me Liv. You can Liv? just call me Liv. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me today, Liv. I'm, like, so excited to have you on my podcast. For everybody listening, this is the first in-person recording <laughs> we you should have her right in front of me. So I'm so excited and so stoked to have you on my podcast. Wow, I'm so excited to be here, to see all the technology that goes behind oh, this. very Barely. exciting. And <laughs> all the struggles. I'm going to start by asking you to tell me and our listeners, like, a little bit about yourself, like, what Mm-hmm. Your story basically, what's the spice to your life? This is like my most basic <laughs> intro question. The spice
0: to my life. Okay, I'll keep it short, and then we can expand on different areas um, if that comes up. So basically, I've wanted to be a doctor all my life, and I went to U of T um, to study human physiology, and I was on the varsity rugby team there. Um, always been athletic, always been an athlete, and then when I graduated, I was like. Oh man, okay, I really need to look into nutrition because my relationship with food is pretty garbage. Like, it's, you know, like the sports are kind of keeping me okay, like I'm like generally thin and whatnot, but now that I'm left and I don't have practice, like... I'm going to go downhill fast so I need to like sort this out. So I actually went to school University of Guelph to become a dietitian. So I was like, okay, I'll become a dietitian and then I'll become a doctor and that way I can like talk to my patients about nutrition and food and really help them. And so like halfway through that first year to become a dietitian, I was like watching some random YouTube video and uh, the person on there was an ND and I was like, what is an ND? Like is that like a chiropractor? I don't understand. And then I saw it was a naturopath. And i was like i thought these people just dealt with like crystals and feathers and stuff (laughs) (laughs) um and this guy was so sharp he was like so with it and i was like oh shoot like let me look into this more and then the description of it was literally like exactly what i wanted to do it was like okay like mainly focusing on like lifestyle and diet and exercise and stress and you know you have a longer time to talk to your patient and so i'm just sitting there being like this is exactly how I want to practice. (laughs) What am I doing trying to like become a dietitian and then like become like a, a medical doctor? So then I applied to the naturopathic college. I got in. And so right now I'm going into my third year. That's kind of like the education side of things. And then the business side of things during that same journey, when I was going to become a dietitian and I was like, okay, I need to delve into nutrition. I first found like veganism because you know, I feel like when you're first looking for a solution, like that's what is really promoted these days and I kind of like latched onto it and was like okay this will save me for the rest of my life and you know I felt a bit better but I was still like would have like binge like sessions and you know like my digestion still wasn't very good there was still a lot of stuff that was not great and then so kind of halfway through my first year to become a dietitian i discovered again another youtube video that was like oh like cholesterol doesn't actually affect the cholesterol in your blood and like oh fat's not actually bad for you and i was like oh like wait a second yeah what's happening here because this is not what i'm being told by the vegan people (laughs) and so basically that like sent me down a rabbit hole learning about metabolism and hormones and insulin and, you know, like, low-carb, high fat, And so at first I was just, like, super resistant to it. And then I decided to try myself and just see, like, okay, like, obviously I'll feel terrible, so... I'll just try it and then I'll go back to how I was eating. And basically (laughs) I tried it and felt like absolutely amazing, like lost weight that I wasn't looking to lose, stopped having all these cravings, stopped thinking about food, a million different things. And basically how long has it been now? two and a half years, three years, I'm down that rabbit hole, just like researching more, you know, helping myself and then helping my partner and then like my dad who I live with and then other people. Eventually I found out what a health coach was and I was like, oh wait, like <laughs> this is exactly what, you know, I would totally do for free because I just like love talking about this stuff. I love researching it. I love helping people. Um, like this is why I want to be an ND too, like the the same kind of thing. And so I was like, Why can't I do this as my part-time job instead of, like, working at Starbucks, which I did for a week and, you know, didn't work out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then basically I kind of, I created my program and I said, okay, what did I need to know to, like, transition from where I was to where I am now? and I put it all together, and then I had some great beta clients test it out. Ooh, she's, talk, she's talking about me,
1: kids. <laughs> and uh, here we are. So my next question was going to be, like, tell me something about yourself people might be surprised to learn. And that's already plenty. Like, I, I was surprised to learn that you were vegan when I when I first met you. Yeah. I was like, what? Because, like, we're going to be talking about how, like, protein and fat is important later in this episode, mm. so... Before that, when I was like, "What, Olivia was vegan for a year so <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? I was way into it. But yeah, is there something about yourself people might be surprised to learn? And this is something we can't necessarily search up about you on the internet or on LinkedIn or...
0: Oh, man. I used to be really obsessed with K-pop. Uh-
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I
0: actually got my sister into it. So um, <laughs> that's something that I keep to myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not the whole world knows. Now they know. Thanks for sharing. So more about your journey to naturopathy. Am I saying it right? Naturopathy? Yeah, I
0: think so. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, when Olivia talks about being fit, she got that V cut, y'all. She got <laughs> some abs in the V cut. More about being a health coach. What is a health coach? How's this different from a personal trainer?
0: So what I would say is a health coach is more about habits and like a personal trainer is there watching you do your, your workouts. You know, they it, it has parallels, obviously, like they're, they're, critiquing your form but a health coach is about everything else like the eating like that's such a tricky thing like we eat multiple times a day and we have to choose exactly what we eat and sometimes it's like why are we choosing this or that or like are we keeping track of like how we're feeling i think of a health coach as someone who's like reflecting back to that person what's going on with them like What's going well, what's going, you know, like not so well that we might want to tweak and then like giving advice, being there to troubleshoot. They can also talk about um, exercise, but I think mostly a health coach is about food and, you know, sleep and stress and kind of like the big holistic picture and just like a general baseline of health.
1: I know that you've mentioned on your, like your Instagram profile, your coach live profile that you want to, like you work specifically with women. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Like why women specifically?
0: I don't put it out of my mind to work with men like eventually. But I just think, like, I'm a woman, like, most of the people I hang out with are... are are females and I just like have a better understanding of what's going on and kind of like how our brains work because I think not to generalize too much but like females think a lot differently about weight and um, body image and eating than men do and like I just feel like that's the population that I really want to kind of help and be like okay like you don't have to feel deprived and hungry all the time you don't have to feel uncomfortable men will figure that
1: out but like for
0: right now like I really just want to help like all the women that I see around me really struggling and really trying a lot and just not getting anywhere and kind of using advice that would work better for a man, but because we're women, it doesn't work as great for us.
1: Yeah, for sure. I remember, like, you, you during, like, our coaching session or, like, one of the thingies that you sent me was, like, this quote where it was, like, women are not just small men. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> it's
0: so true. It's so true.
1: You also talk about on your page, like, your, your journey, which you already briefed us on a little bit, And one thing that you talk about a lot is, like, metabolic health. Is it Mm -hmm. metabolic health or metabolic health?
0: Uh, Metabolic health, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can already see here, like, all the people listening judging me. Like, No, you're saying it in (laughs) English. Metabolic health. So what is metabolic health and why is this important?
0: Okay, so I like to think about metabolic health The technical definition has to do with like different blood markers, like cholesterol, um, blood sugar, blood pressure, all this stuff. But generally, I like to think about it is that our metabolism is flexible, which means like we were all born kind of as like hybrid machines, like able to use fat and able to use sugar and just able to like seamlessly go between eating and not eating and like not storing too much body fat, but storing enough. And so my idea of metabolic health is maintaining that flexibility, like not over storing things, being able to use what you store, um, but also not being too thin, keeping your your metabolic hormones in check and in balance, so that later down the road it doesn't lead to all these different like metabolic disorders. So, like diabetes is a huge metabolic disorder. Okay. Um, Cancer has a big metabolic component. Um, obviously like obesity is a big metabolic disorder. So all of these like chronic diseases have a metabolic component. So if you address that, then you also address like the risk for all those while you're like helping people with energy and like their weight and uh, their hunger and all that stuff.
1: Is it the ability to burn sugar or the ability like what is
0: metabolism so our metabolism is like the sum of everything that our body does so basically our body like stores stuff so when we eat it's gonna store that energy and it can also use it and then it's also like how we burning it so when we think of metabolism everyone's like oh I have a faster slow metabolism yeah. we only think of the burning side of it but it also means what we store Oh, I see. So, like, if we're gaining weight, that also has to do with our metabolism, not necessarily because we're not like burning it all off, but just because storing and then using—that's all metabolism, all of that. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like
1: when we're when we're growing up and we're taught in school, it's like you're yeah, you have a high metabolism. Yeah, that just basically means that your body's able to burn energy or or I don't know, I don't even know. It's just like if you're skinny, you have a high metabolism. Yeah, you, yeah. You can eat whatever you want, and then yeah. You can, you're fine is basically like what we're taught. So I was your client in the past. Like I did your three month program mm-hmm. where we like basically took a deep dive into like my diet and like I had like my own personal goals, which in the beginning was to like lose weight, to lose that quarantine fluff. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about this more. One thing that was, I think the base of our like learning together was like insulin. Mm-hmm. So again, for the person who's like listening to this and they're like, what the heck is that? Like I've heard this before. <laughs> what is insulin and why is this important? Okay,
0: so the most like cliff notes version of this, we have to think of insulin equals the fat storage hormone, or just the storage hormone in general. So um, when we eat, our insulin goes up. It's basically like a signal to our body that we have food coming in. And so insulin is really important because it tells our body that we want to store any extras away for when we're not eating. So like in the past when we were cavemen, this is a really important thing so we can like survive the winter and stuff. Insulin is going to tell your fat cells to take up as much energy, like fat and sugar as it can. And it's also going to stop it from releasing any any, because it wants it to store everything. It's going to tell your liver to store sugar and your muscles to store sugar. So when our insulin is elevated, we can't use any of that stored energy. And the way people are eating nowadays, um, we're triggering our insulin basically all day. So our insulin is elevated all day. We have no access to our stored energy, so our glycogen and our body fat. And then we wonder why we're hungry all the time and we're tired, but it's like, we have all this energy on us, but we just can't access it. And so I feel like that's the biggest thing to know about insulin. Basically when your insulin goes up, you shut off access to all that stored energy. And that's where the issues come in. So when our insulin is high, that's when we can not access our stored energy, especially oh, okay. our body fat. And then when it's low, then we can use our body fat and our glycogen. So like when we're fasting, our insulin is as low as possible. Okay. So then that's when we can actually get the energy out of our body fat. And so we start running on that instead of just the food that we've eaten.
1: Okay. So high insulin is bad. Low insulin is good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In terms of energy, I mean, we need high insulin at some points, but it's like, You don't want to have high insulin the whole day because then you're just storing energy all day instead of using any of it right okay so everything you eat anything that's more more calories than you're using right at that moment are going to get stored okay and so like if your insulin is high or longer than your insulin is low then you're going to be storing more than you are
1: using okay can our insulin only be low if we're not eating if you're eating (laughs) so if i so every time i eat my insulin goes high Every time you eat, your insulin will go up a little bit,
0: but certain foods will stimulate it more. So, say, like, carbs, especially refined carbs, so things that are made out of flour um, and sugar, those are going to stimulate your insulin the most. Okay. And so, like, those are going to create a big spike, and it's going to take longer for your insulin to come back down. So you're going to be in storage mode a lot longer. Okay. Um, and insulin's going to direct any of that excess carbohydrate or sugar into your body fat and into your liver compare that to fat where if you just have fat like your insulin's going to go up a tiny bit because you ate but it's not going to go up very high almost like nothing so basically it's going to go up a tiny bit and then come right back down so now you're in that low insulin state again and
1: any fat that you ate
0: it's just going to come right back out of your body fat cell and you can use it for energy
1: okay so that's why people stick that's why we were we went low carb high fat high protein so protein also is this similar to how fat works
0: yeah, it's kind of, protein is kind of, a, like, an interesting one because depending on the context of your diet, it will change how insulin responds to it. So if you eat in the context of, like, a standard, I want to say, like, standard North American diet, like, say you have, like, a Big Mac meal, then the protein in that meal, because it's surrounded by refined carbs and sugar, it's actually going to, like, also spike your insulin. It's going to kind of, like, synergize with the carbs and spike it even more. Yeah. Um, but then if you have it with mainly fat, then it actually has almost no effect on the insulin.
1: Okay, it's, and that's because like your carb is just full of it's just full of processed gunk. <laughs> or yeah, like, it's just the something
0: about the like the context of it like um that affects insulin differently. Like if the body sees it differently when you're eating in a high
1: fat uh state versus like a high carb state. What do you think is one of the biggest mistakes people make or like women, females tend to make, when it comes to losing weight? And how do you think this can be fixed given oh. given like our knowledge about <laughs> insulin and like, you know, how like oh man eating certain foods can like help or not help or whatever? What's yeah. the biggest mistake that you think that you've come across?
0: Yeah, okay. That's tough to choose, but I think What I see women doing is focusing, one, just on calories and saying, okay, I need to be in a caloric deficit. So they're just looking at their food as calories. And then, but they're actually, they're eating throughout the day. So they're just like snacking on little things throughout the day. And they end up being these like low calorie, low fat versions of, I don't even know, like half the time it's like not even like food. It's like some food product that's like a low fat, no sugar like low-fat yogurt or like a... Low... Like a rice cake or something, oh, okay. you know? And so, like, if you have a rice cake, yeah, maybe it's, like, very low calorie, but what have you just done to your insulin because it's refined carbs? So you just you just spiked up your insulin, and now any access you were going to have to your body fat has been shut off for a couple hours. Okay. And so because they're, they're also... They're not eating very much protein because I just feel like women, in general, under-eat protein, like, we're just worried about, like... You know, getting muscles and being bulky and you know, eating protein is too manly or I don't know. Um, and we're not getting very much good fat because fat is high in calories. So we're not getting a lot of protein. We're not getting a lot of fat. And so we're not getting filled up with these like satiating um, macronutrients. So you're hungry all day, but then you're snacking on these things that are spiking your insulin. So you have no access to your stored body fat, which is what you're trying to lose
1: oh right exactly yeah. <laughs> it's a circle so but like it's so interesting though because like before I started your program like I was one of those people that was like, oh me too because it's like you're that's what you're told right like eat little b- pieces of food throughout the day yeah. so that you don't go like pig out yeah and then again that puts you in like a caloric surplus or whatever basically just you put on weight yeah so it's like I can see like now I see how like Eating for my insulin, I guess, helps a lot because, again, I'm trying to get my body to switch from burning the sugar from all these carbs to burning the fat that's been in my body for years, which is, like, which was my goal all along. Yes! Um... So I'm also going to ta- ask you, I'm going to ask you the same questions and myths, because like when we were working together, I asked you these questions. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to ask them to you again for our listeners, because okay. I'm 100% sure a lot of them, if not all of them, are probably thinking the same thing if they're wondering like, okay, if I, I want to do what Coach Liv is doing. Wait, what about these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one is going back to calorie counting. So for mm-hmm. people that are calorie counting and it's working, they're probably thinking, okay, well, sure, I can cut down my carbs, but then if I'm, like, eating a lot of fat and protein, isn't that going to put me, in like... Oh, First of all, can you also explain what calorie counting is and what the difference between, like, being in a caloric deficit and surpluses to our listeners? And then, yeah, answering how, like... So now if I'm calorie count, counting my calories and I'm eating fat and protein, mm. isn't that like super high in calories? That's going to yeah. take me over my like daily amount of calories that I'm supposed yeah. to eat? Yeah,
0: okay. Um, so the whole calorie counting thing, basically we have something called like the basal metabolic rate. And that's the the number of calories that we need, our body needs just at rest to kind of like do all of its functions. So the idea of calorie counting is, say, if my metabolic rate is 2,000 calories a day, if I only eat 1,500 calories a day, then 500 of those calories should come from my body fat. And the idea of a caloric deficit isn't wrong. It's kind of like how we go about it, though. Are we trying to consciously create it, or can our body create it on its own because of what we're giving it and the hormonal signals. So traditional calorie counting, which yeah, I tried for years and I just could never stick with it because I was too hungry, is you find out what your basal metabolic rate is based on your height and your weight. And then yeah, you pick a certain deficit and then you basically eat within those calories. So every single thing that you eat, you track, you say, okay, this is 200 calories, this is a hundred calories,
1: whatever. The um, deficit is like lower than what lower you're- Lower than, yeah.
0: And then a surplus would be more. So if my metabolic rate was, 2000 if I had 2500 then that would be a surplus. Okay. And then I would be storing that extra energy somewhere. But the problem that I found and I think most women find with calorie counting is that it doesn't account for your hunger at all. It's just the calorie amount. But if you have a certain amount of calories at lunch and you're still hungry, like, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah. Like Nothing.
0: <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like white knuckling it until your next snack and then you're like, okay. And then you end up having your snack early and then you're like, okay, I'll wait till dinner and because you're not eating based on feeling full and like pleasantly satisfied then the whole day is this like struggle and like thinking about food um, and that's because instead of eating in a way that keeps your insulin low so that you can switch back and forth between the food that you're eating and then your body fat which is what we're trying to use and get rid of your insulin is being like elevated all day and so you're just relying on the food you're eating but you're also eating less food because you're trying to be in a deficit. So, you know, you get this hunger, you don't have a lot of energy because you're only eating, like, 1,500 calories instead of the 2,000. And so the difference between, like, I'd say traditional calorie counting and then focusing on protein and fat is that protein and fat, when we know when they're eating together, they keep our insulin low. So now immediately we already have more access to our body fat. And because we're eating more fat, our body is getting used to actually... Burning fat, uh, so like the little engines in our cells, like the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the mm-hmm. cell, they have to like learn or be trained to burn fat. If you've just been seeing carbs, 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 carbs for years and years, basically the mitochondria goes, well, we're not going to waste any time making the machinery we need to burn fat. And so we have to retrain those mitochondria to actually like take fat and use it really efficiently to create energy. Because if you can't burn fat efficiently, how are you going to burn your body fat efficiently?
1: Which is what everybody wants to lose. Yeah.
0: I feel like we that's the big point that we mistake. It's not about energy. Like we want to lose body fat. Yeah. But our body also stores energy as sugar. And then we also have the energy that like we just ate from our meal. And those are two different things. We're not good at burning body fat. Like how can we lose? How can we lose it?
1: Yeah. 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 So it sounds like at least, like, from what I'm gathering, is that, like, yes, you can lose weight by being in, like, a caloric deficit, Mm -hmm. but keep in mind, are you still going to be hungry? Like, these are questions we should ask ourselves. Most probably, yes. I mean, I was, always. When I did it, like, I was telling one of my, I think I was telling my roommate that, like, when I was, like, counting calories, I did lose weight, but I was so weak all the time. Like, I, I, like, yeah, I lost some pounds, but it was, like, I wasn't feeling good. Mm -hmm. It didn't, I'm 100% sure that, like, I was not even eating enough calories. Even though I, like, hit my calorie goal, like, I feel like, I still, I don't know, I just didn't feel like I was eating enough, like, it was really, really bad. So, yeah, those are questions we should ask ourselves that, like, sure, you're losing your weight, but, like, you're, you don't have energy either. And, like, it's going against your goal of just, like, of losing the fat versus just, like, Mm -hmm. losing just, like, I guess, like, energy plus Yeah, and then
0: once your body is using its own fat, it actually, like, makes you feel full, like, it creates ketones from that fat. And you don't get that hunger because your body is totally supplied with energy. So, like, yeah, you don't feel weak and you don't feel hungry because your body's like, oh, okay, we're just eating, like, the leftovers that we stored here, like, three years ago. Mm -hmm. You're finally getting to them.
1: You're somebody that's been doing that for a while. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're hungry and everything, you binge on weekends, but it's, like, working for you. How do you break that mindset?
0: I think that's the whole point of the program is just to work through it slowly and, like, understand that, yeah, you're not going to week one be like, I totally understand... And, like, am on board with this, like... I'm whole, a new person. <laughs> yeah, like, hormone thing... Like, hormonal thing versus, like, the calories thing. Because it is it is really hard to get the calories out of your brain. Again, especially for women. Like, I feel like we are taught this, like, calories in, calories out, like, diet thing our whole lives. It takes a while to start implementing these things. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And it's going to be, like, pretty foreign to people. But you kind of have to stick with it. And then, like, the proof is in the pudding. Like, when you start seeing the results in yourself, you're like, oh, like yeah, you know what, like, I'm not thinking about food as much, like, I wasn't as hungry, and my energy is getting better, and then, like, that's all happening, and, you know, you're not gaining weight, you're actually, like, leaning out a little bit, and you go, okay, like, when things are moving in the right direction, like, I feel like that's all the proof you need. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like that, the proof is in the pudding. (laughs) And the next, intermittent fasting. So, Mm. yes, we were on low-carb, high-fat, high-protein, but we also were doing, we were also, like, or at least I was, Mm -hmm. I was intermittent fasting. Yeah what is intermittent fasting and like can you explain what that is and then also my follow-up question to that is something that i heard or like i just also feel like before i did your program i was like i feel like intermittent fasting is also just a fancy way of saying like i'm starving myself yeah yeah so can you explain <laughs> what it is and why why i'm wrong okay
0: um so intermittent fasting is well first of all fasting is just any time when you're not eating and so intermittent fasting there's a bunch of different different definitions um, you know, it can be called time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. Um, I like to think about it as if you're not eating for longer than like 12 hours, then like that's kind of like time-restricted eating. And then when you get into the like 24 hours, like maybe like one meal a day thing, like that is more intermittent fasting. But basically it's just an extended period of time where you're not eating any food. And so now we go, okay, like, yeah, like why aren't we starving if we're doing this? We were told yeah. to eat every two to three hours. And the difference is access to body fat so if you don't eat but you don't have uh good access to your body fat and you're not good at burning fat then your body will not have very much energy right because you're not eating anything you're not able to access your body fat very well so now your body's running on like zero calories now you it- like i'm
1: tired i'm hungry yeah. I'm starving.
0: <laughs> when it should be running on 2,000. Versus once you've trained your body to like keep your insulin low and really easily dip into your body fat, then as soon as you stop eating, your body just goes, okay, well, we're not getting any energy from food right now, but okay, we'll just open up the body fat stores. Mm -hmm. And so now if your metabolic rate is 2000, your body just takes 2000 calories out of your body fat and uses that. And it's that, like, seamless transition between food and stored energy. And that's the whole idea of uh, fasting and why it's not starving yeah. if you train your body properly.
1: Yeah, I think that's a huge one that, like, I also want to, like, I guess, like, support the emotion. Where mm-hmm. it's, like, I used to think that, like, oh, it's me starving myself. But it's, like, once you... Like, you can't just do intermittent... In my opinion, you can't just do intermittent fasting on, like, a like any diet. Oh, gosh. You know, no. like, by eating, like, burgers and everything. Like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start intermittent fasting. It's, like, yeah, you have to, like, train yourself. Yeah. So, first of all, like get yourself functioning on, like, that fat-burning mode, which, again, you have to, like, drop the burger... Like, you have to stick to, like, more whole foods and then, of course, high-fat, high-protein to kind of get your body to be like, okay, we're going to start using the fat in our body versus, like, oh, I'm just, like, eating crap, but I'm Like, I feel like that was something that I didn't really think about earlier where it's, like... If you want to intermittent fast, you have to do it the right way. Yeah, you can't just like start with like whatever diet you're eating. Like you have to look at that first. It's like if you want to go swimming, you can't. I mean, yes, you can just like jump in the pool, but if you want to like go and compete in a meet, don't you have to learn how to dive yes, first? Yes, exactly. Or you have to like learn how to tumble turn. Like you gotta learn the basics. Yeah. To get you don't your- just go
0: swimming for like seven hours and you go, yeah. yes.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then another one about carbs, since we're talking about like, we know why eating a lot of protein and fat is important because it keeps your insulin low, which mm-hmm. is what gets your body to burning fat. Yeah. So let's talk about carbs. Okay. I feel like it's such a limiting mindset to say, okay, now I want to keep my insulin low. Let me just fully cut out carbs. Like that's going to make me feel like I'm on a diet because I'm restricting mm. myself. I'm cutting out an entire food group. Yeah. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> Coach live.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would say that carbs aren't bad. Like, they're just a food. And yeah, like, we want to have a balance in our life where we can enjoy things and, you know, like, enjoy some high-carb meals. Like, there are... There are societies that ate a lot of carbs traditionally, but it's really what else is happening in that diet? Like how refined were those carbs? Are they being absorbed super quickly? How much sugar are people having along with them? How much like processed junk and food are they having along with that? It's not so much the carbs themselves. It's kind of like our underlying metabolic health that determines whether or not we can handle a lot of carbs or not. So we were talking about insulin, um, If your insulin is high a lot of the time, then some of your tissue becomes resistant to it, or like it already becomes so full of like sugar and fat that insulin can't shove any more in. And so then like the tissue is resistant to it and um, we need to secrete more insulin. And so now we have more insulin in the system, we have more fat storage. And those are the people who, when they have carbs, they're gonna respond with a huge insulin spike and basically cut off access to all of their stored energy. And so, It's really dependent on your like level of insulin resistance, like how many carbs you can handle at that moment, Mm -hmm. because you can always, you know, reverse some underlying insulin resistance and then you can, you can handle more, more carbs. Or like if you're an intense athlete and you're just burning through your muscle glycogen um, and all of that energy, then yeah, you can handle a way bigger load of carbs. Or if you have bigger muscle mass, same again, like you have more room to store it. So carbs aren't bad, but they need context with them. And also like, it really depends on the individual. And so it's not they're good or they're bad, but it's like, okay, what kinds and how much are good for me? And am I eating them throughout the whole day? Am I eating them in actual meals with other things? Yeah. Or am I eating, you know, the easiest snack foods to grab
1: are refined carbs. Yeah, like bagels. Literally anything, granola bars, (laughs)
0: like anything you go in the store, like a juice even, like the smoothies from the thing, like it's all just like carbs, carbs, carbs. And I think that's where people just get in trouble. It's not that carbs are bad, but in our society, like the food that you can kind of grab and grow, like grab and go super quickly, like it just has a high refined carb and sugar load. And so like our body's just overloaded and it can't handle anymore.
1: Yeah. So carbs are not bad, but, and of course, like we're human. We... Would like you want to live life like you mm. still eat pasta, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. And like
1: you still eat like every now and then, like you ate Indian food with me like on Isabel's birthday. Of course. Like you eat naan and stuff, which is like processed AF.
0: So delicious. <laughs> I had it the other weekend. Like we went up north and I had naan. You we... went up north and had where did you even find naan? Well, like... it was from the grocery store, so it wasn't oh. authentic, but it was delicious, obviously. But I feel like the difference is because I don't eat that stuff all the time. I know that my body has, like, a lot of room to deal with it, Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, my muscle cells aren't already full, my liver isn't full, like, my body fat has a lot of room to, like, just take it in. And then I'm confident in my ability to just switch back to, like, how I normally eat. Yeah. And that's where I can have, like, indulgences like that and feel totally...
1: Normal or, like, fine.
0: There's no, like, there's no guilt about it either because I know that when I'm eating normally, like, the 90% of the time... Like, I'm putting my body in a really healthy state. So, if occasionally I have, like, you know, chips or whatever, it doesn't even matter. Like, anything. If occasionally I have anything, like, my body has been in such a good state for so long that it doesn't matter. Like... Yeah. Life is not about these, like, tiny occasional blips. It's, like, the whole yeah spectrum of it.
1: Yeah. We're not trying to go... We're not trying to be perfect. We're going for the progress, not the perfection. Yes, exactly. We're not trying to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to be perfect, going to keep the insulin low 24-7. Yeah. It's like, we're trying to live as well, but we're trying to just, like, make the adjustments accordingly so that you're eating and living optimally.
0: Exactly. I don't care about being perfect. I just care about feeling, like, the best I can, like, 90-95% of the time.
1: And then now we're gonna move on to, like, my experience. Yeah! yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to hear about this. So, like, you just talked about insulin resistance. For somebody to figure out how they're insulin resistant, there's lots of signs. And, like, I'll talk about mine. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yours are basically all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I am, like, Indian, so, like, Everybody, keep in mind, like, I grew up eating well, I never ate any protein except like eggs and like nuts and stuff. Like, I didn't eat any meat. Mm-hmm. And then I also, like, my Indian diet was like rice. I used to eat rice for breakfast when I was like young. Yeah. Like, <laughs> rice, and then you come home and you eat like rotis. just basically like a lot of carbs. I remember when I first started your program. Do you remember? I was like, oh, like, I feel like I'm, my insulin resistance is so bad where I'm like, is it gonna... I'm never gonna... yeah, I can't, like, I it's can't not gonna overcome be... it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I had, so this is just giving everybody in the context of how far deep I was <laughs> which is like not my fault whatever it's my culture and it's all good but so I had like PCOS which is like polycystic ovary syndrome which is basically just like having cysts in your ovaries right? yeah um and then I also had chronic migraines I guess so I if I went like a couple hours without eating I would get these like well you start by getting the auras and then I would get really bad migraines which again when we were talking when I went started your program and you were like oh we're slowly gonna start intermittent fasting I was like Terrified. there's no yeah I was like there's <laughs> no way I can do this I'm gonna get migraines So proud to say I didn't get a single migraine. Oh doing your program. And then I think I think that's about it. Those were two big ones. And then yeah, of course, just like not being able to go. I was like low energy all the time. Like I was on iron supplements as well because, like, I was so iron deficient. Yeah. Like, shaky if you didn't eat for a couple of yeah, hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then now, like, don't get me wrong, like, I still have, like, like, we talked about this, like, I still have, like, days where, like, I will get shaky, but it's, like, so much more, like, now I eat my breakfast at one, like, almost every single day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes two. And, I, yeah. and I'm and i good until then. Maybe if I stretch beyond that, then I'll get shaky. Yeah, right. Like, this is, like, coming from a girl who, like, literally just, like, four months ago couldn't eat, like, had to eat breakfast by, like, 10 or 11. Because, I was like like I remember there's been times where I've recorded an episode with somebody for my podcast like mm-hmm. in the morning And I remember once I had to stop recording because I started getting a migraine while recording because I didn't eat anything. That's crazy. So there's been a lot of help. It's like like, genuinely helped a lot. I guess like the bottom line here is like there is hope if you are insulin resistant. Which is something that that we should remember. My goal was initially to lose weight but then after I did your program like obviously like I think the best part of your program is like you give me context to everything I do. Mm. So if I do something and there's like an improvement or not an improvement like your first question is like okay you asked me like why do you think that <laughs> why do you, why do you yeah. think we feel better or, like, why do you think yeah. you feel worse? So I think that's, like, the best part of the program, which really, like, made me understand, like, everything that Coach Liv is talking about, which is, like, it all links back to, like, your insulin. It all yes. links back to, like, your metabolism. And then, which, again links back to your food
0: yeah understanding piece i think is such a big motivator like when you're making your food choices and you actually understand why then you can make your good food choices and you can also make like your bad ones because you're fully like mindful and aware of like the effect that it'll have on your body so you're like okay like you know, I'll spike my insulin over here, but you know, it's a celebration, we're having cake, whatever. And then I'll just go right back and I know exactly how to do it. So like that understanding piece, I think that was huge for me when I first started. And like, I'm so glad that it was like so important to you. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I would say another thing is because like when I talk about my journey with like others, like the first thing that they think is like, oh my gosh, how, like I can't just fully cut out carbs. And Mm. it's like the big reminder that like I, at no point, like, fully cut out my carbs. Yeah. Like, we're forgetting that there's, like, like potatoes are carbs. Like, mushrooms are carbs. Like, fi- yeah. like fibrous vegetables are all carbs. All whole foods, though. Yeah. Like, right? And I was eating all of that with my dinners every day. Like, plus, your four sweet treats. Plus, yeah, because, <laughs> like, I have such a bad sweet tooth. So, it's, like, we incorporate it into it. So, it's, like, if you want to have a sweet treat, limit yourself to, like, four times a week, which mm. is, like, which is bearable. Like, I can do that. Yeah. And then, like eat it with your meal so it doesn't jack your insulin up as much as, like, if I were to just eat it alone, right? So we, I feel like people forget that, that, like, when you just hear, like, low-carb, high fat, high protein. You're like, oh my god, I can't just, like, fully cut this out. It's like, no, you're not doing that. Yeah, they go to no carb immediately. Yeah. It's like, no one said that. Like, <laughs> yeah, nobody said that. Because we're women, and we, like, have our periods every month. The week before my period, I would eat, like, starchier carbs, yeah. like, potatoes and stuff. Exactly. Because, like, you want to have an energy for when you're feeling weak, when you do have your period. So yeah. I think that that's something that, like, that was the important thing that I learned about, like, incorporating, you know, the right food for my yes. body while trying to, like, fix this whole insulin resistance problem and, like, while just trying to do everything Mm -hmm. another question i forgot to ask is okay so i'm doing this whole low carb high fat high protein how is this different from keto
0: um i guess it's not necessarily it really just depends on like you know how high fat you go and what you specifically need how low you cut your carb? because the keto diet the whole purpose is to put you into ketosis which is when your body is burning fat basically. So when your liver is burning fat, it produces these things called ketones that, you know, you can use the brain uses them really well for energy and other tissues can use them too. So that's the whole point of the keto diet is the whole idea is that, okay, you're burning fat and you're burning your own body fat. I like to use the term low carb because it kind of is just like a big umbrella of like, it starts with just cutting out the refined carbs and the sugar. And it can go all the way down to like, depending on your level of insulin resistance and your needs, like if you have diabetes and stuff then yeah going down even further low carb towards the keto end will probably be more helpful for you because you have a more severe insulin resistance and you kind of you need to give it that like push to break the cycle for me i think some days what i eat would be classified as ketos and and some days it wouldn't and i just kind of like fluctuate in and out
1: yeah and is that okay yeah i'm trying to keep my insulin
0: low that's perfect it just if you're in ketosis that means you're burning your body fat Like, there's no
1: other way. unless No, I mean the, like, fluctuating part. Oh,
0: totally, right? Especially as we're women, like, Mm -hmm. it's nice to fluctuate in and out. Like, we don't want to be... I wouldn't say you want to be in ketosis all the time. But, yeah, like, if some days you have a higher-carb day and then the next day it's a very low-carb day, like, that's the perfect balance. Like, our body just doesn't like anything that's too, like, everything is the exact same every single day. Yeah. Like, it's good to have those
1: bursts and those, like, those flows. And if you were to make a low-carb-friendly pizza... I'm going to give you two options, and I want you to tell me which one you would pick and why. (laughs) So, one, you're, like, keto-friendly, like, pre-made, the pizza, pre-made bread, like, the pizza bread, but, like, keto. Okay. So, it's, like, two grams of carbs, like, 15 grams of fat and protein. Okay. Or... A cauliflower homemade... You already know which one I'm going to choose. (laughs) I know which one you choose. I want our our listeners to know which one you'd choose Okay, I would choose... Given that you're trying to be low-carb, high-fat, high-protein, you have your keto option, which is, like, high in the 10 grams of fat, 10 grams of protein, but then you have your good old cauliflower base. Yo, I just think homemade wins
0: every time. You know exactly what's gone into it. You know, they haven't put some weird stuff in it that makes it low-carb, but, like... You know exactly what types of fat have gone into it. A lot of the keto products, I don't love. Like, I just think in general, stick to whole foods, foods that you recognize as much as possible. And that's going to head you in the right direction, whether you want to be low carb or not. If you just stuck to like whole foods, again, like 95% of the time, that's going to regulate like, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat vegetables and potatoes and meat and like butter and stuff. Like yeah. it's just going to lead you to the good stuff anyways. <laughs> Anything that's labeled as like low carb or keto, I kind of, eh. Again, like if it's an occasional indulgence, sure, but that stuff shouldn't be in your diet, like on the daily or like on the weekly even.
1: Oh, okay. Even if it's like a keto, like burger bun, whatever.
0: I mean, again, like that's an occasional thing. Yeah. Like have, have the keto. If that's the best option there, then have it. Okay. Right? Or just have the burger. Like, it's, it's up to you. Okay. I would say as long as not every single day, all you're doing is replacing the carbs you would have eaten with like a low carb version. Yeah. Like, that's when I don't think it will be as helpful for you.
1: Okay. When you it's haven't like,
0: changed, like, how you eat at all.
1: Okay. But, yeah, I still think everybody should keep, keep, keep it. Like, remember when I bought the, like, Halo Top ice cream, which is, like, oh. keto-friendly? Kids, that's not keto-friendly at all. Like, that's no. still full of sugar, full of carbs. Exactly. <laughs> you might as well just get real, real yeah, ice cream. Yeah, might as well just get my and good enjoy old, it. good old Ben and Jerry's. Yes, that's how
0: I feel. Like, if you're gonna have a treat, have a treat, and then go back to normal eating. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. just try and fit it in every day and be like, but it's... You know, it's lower calorie, sugar-free. Like, no. Just have the treat and be done with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then move on. And then eat real food. So this is my final question before we move on to the lightning round. okay. What advice do you have to give to someone who is trying to build or maintain or, like, sustain a healthy lifestyle? Given, one, we as humans tend to have, like, we tend to plateau with motivation, you know? Mm-hmm. We tend to, like, reach a point where we're like, man, I'm bored. And then, two, <laughs> also given the stress of life, yes. you know? Like, there's, like, external factors that that just also, like, throw us Ooh, off our
0: track. Tricky, tricky. I would say really focus on what makes you feel better. Because you're not going to need motivation if you're doing something that makes you feel the best. Like, I don't have to think about my diet now because eating this way just makes me feel, like, a hundred times better than I've ever felt in the past. And I remember you saying at the beginning, you're like, I'm just worried because I get bored easily and I don't have a lot of motivation. But it's like, how motivating is it that you can wake up in the morning and not, like, be shaky immediately? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like focusing on, like what you would want to improve and then seeing what actually helps that improve and building slowly like you're not gonna go from zero to 60 like you have to build these habits slowly and like give yourself a little grace that you'll probably like mess up or you know like not feel great when you first start and it'll be a lot of effort but if you just keep focusing on what's making you feel great then eventually you're gonna build a life where your lifestyle just makes you feel awesome all the time
1: yeah for sure. And like, I know that like, like from my experience, it's like, yes, we, you're my health, co- you were my health coach mm-hmm. and we focused on food as like our primary like base. Yeah. But we also focused on like everything else that involved me feeling good and practically. Like, cause I was like, one of my goals was like, oh, I want to like work out more. Like mm-hmm. I started working out and we did incorporate exercise into like my routine, but not like, oh, go jogging like for an hour. Oh, like God. we started small. We're like, let's go walking every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, which till date, like I mean, I'm not walking every day, but I'm doing some type of movement mm-hmm. every day. And then, like, even with, like, stress, we were like, okay, let's figure out, like, a list of things that yeah. make me feel good. And this is, again, all of this stuff is, like, aside from food, you know? Like, yes, food is important because that's, like, that's where you get your energy from mm-hmm. to do everything else, but it's focusing on the little things that make you feel good and being realistic about them so that you can maintain them in the long run. Yeah, I 100% agree with Coach Liv. Now we're going to move on to the lightning round. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> It's time for the lightning round. Morning person or night
0: owl? Um, I used to be a night owl, but I'm trying to turn myself into a morning person.
1: Oh my god, I would have not expected that. I know, well, I'm, I'm t- trying to
0: create a whole morning routine.
1: I thought you were a morning person this whole time. Oh okay. god, no. <laughs> um, for profit or non-profit?
0: I feel like I should say non-profit, but like... No, you can, uh... you can get money, like for profit, I guess. like
1: <laughs> Favorite social media app?
0: Um, Instagram, I guess, yeah.
1: Favorite salty and sweet snack? Ooh! I would say, like,
0: sweet treat, I like my mom's butter tarts. Ooh, I like your mom's butter tarts too. Yes, that's my go-to sweet treat, like, I will always indulge in those. And then salty, I, I love some chips
1: and salsa. Chips and salsa? Yeah. Okay. If you could magically become a pro at any sport, aside from rugby... damn it, <laughs> You're already a pro there, guys. She's a rugby, you're a rugby player and a coach. What, what are, say? what else? Like, what else? <laughs> Aside from rugby, if you could magically become a pro in any sport, which would it be? Trampoline or gymnastics or something. Ooh, okay. Those ones are crazy. Uh, best piece of advice you've ever received? Progress, not perfection. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Worst piece of advice you've ever received? Calories in, calories out. <laughs> I like that. Best book you've ever read?
0: Oh, that's so hard. Okay, can I have two answers for this? Sure. Okay, fiction wise, one of my favorite books is East of Eden. Okay. And then nonfiction wise, like metabolism wise, the obesity code and the diabetes code. Okay. I literally have the diabetes code in my backpack right now <laughs> oh by God. Dr. Jason Fung. Everyone should read them. Mind <laughs> blowing.
1: <laughs> um, what's the worst job you've ever had? No, not the Starbucks one. I know you lasted that one for a week, but like, I want to hear more stories. I feel like you might've had some fun bad. Days. I was a
0: shoe shine. For a year. Maybe that should be my fun fact. That was actually an awesome job. I love that. Um, My worst job. I was a bartender for a year and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I just hate making small talk. (laughs) I don't care about alcoholic drinks. I didn't know how to make any of the drinks. I was terrible. I was the worst bartender in the world. And so every time I went in, I was like, oh no,
1: (laughs) So that was the worst job. What fruit or vegetable would you I feel like I know what vegetable what fruit or vegetable would you most want to be mm-hmm. I feel like I know which vegetable vegetable you want to be. Mm. it starts with a C. cauliflower yeah so versatile <laughs> man
0: who knew cauliflower has a glow up is is that ages. your actual
1: fruit i feel like that i mean your vegetable mm,
0: i think my fruit i'll make an avocado okay and then my vegetable cauliflower,
1: cauliflower. for sure <laughs> um what song or album could you listen to on repeat
0: okay this sounds this is like Big Bang. Oh, okay. Um, Some K-pop? Some K-pop. Man, I can't even remember what it's called. (laughs) But their latest, their last album that they came out with a while ago, that one I've listened to through probably like a thousand times.
1: I know. I'm impressed. (laughs) I know. Um, Is impressed the right word or? (laughs) We'll go with impressed for now for the podcast. What cartoon character do you wish was real?
0: Mm, The genie from Aladdin. Uh,
1: (laughs) Aww. That's cute. And would you rather buy a business or start a business? Start a business. Start a business. Start a business. <laughs> and if my final question, if you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? Mm, chocolate peanut butter. Chocolate peanut butter? sweet but it's got some a little kick to Mm, it a little
0: fat in there oh i wasn't even
1: thinking of that (laughs) nice cut that peanut protein and fat what can you do (laughs) okay so that was a lot of fun and now to wrap up the episode we wanted to send you all off with a quote coach liv since you're a special guest i would love for you to do the honors okay let me read this quote
0: okay the food you eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison Anne wigmore
1: Nice. And you know, if our listeners are interested in learning more about you, they want to learn, first of all, they want to fix their, they want to figure out like, okay, we just heard everything that Coach Luke was talking about. I want to try this, but I need the guidance, mm-hmm. you know, like how can they reach out to you or how can they follow you or just like in general, if they want to learn more about you and more about everything you're talking about. How can that happen?
0: Yeah. So my main platform is Instagram. So you can find me at Live the Health Coach. And a lot of my content there is all about explaining this. And then you can always send me a DM. I'm going to have spots opening up in August for the next round. Uh, yeah, that's
1: where you can find me. Yay. Thanks so much, Coach Liv, for joining me. This was a lot of fun. I hope you had fun. Yes, this was so fun. <laughs> this was so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, and yeah, thanks so much and good luck. Oh, thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. I drop bi-weekly episodes, so join me next time for another stimulating and inspiring conversation. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at keepitspicypodcast and on Twitter at keepitspicypod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week like comment and share the content and podcast with friends and family on that note remember folks keep it spicy yours truly xx